Nick Mirabella is a 25-year industry veteran, marine, entrepreneur, and stylist. He owns four salons and runs a multi-million e-commerce business. Last time we talked, we heard about how he built his e-commerce business as well as how he opened his salons. Today, we're going to dive into something very specific about how exactly he runs his salons as a private membership association. Welcome back to Hairdresser Strong Show. I am your host, Robert Hughes, and today I'm with Nick Mirabella. How are you doing today, Nick? Doing great, man. How are you? Good, good. good. Thank you. Uh, so if anybody is just tuning in, definitely go back and uh, check out Nick's story. It's it's really good. Like if you have any sort of uh, entrepreneurial endeavors, it's a it's a good idea to check out that story and hear just what it takes uh, to get to get there, because it's not it's not simple. It does take a lot of work, takes a lot of discipline. And uh, there's also a potential to make investments, levels of sacrifice and commitment. So anyway, today we're going to be talking about how exactly. Exactly, uh, he runs his business. He met, you mentioned so, Nick. You mentioned uh, private membership association, and you mentioned the private domain and public domain. Uh, could you give us a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of insight, information, more information about about exactly what a private membership association is before we talk about how you apply it to yeah, your business? So, a private membership association is it could be. Faith-based, it could be like a ministry almost, or PMAs as well. There's private education associations that fall under PMAs, private health associations. So I happen to be a private membership association that does hair. Right? That's our, our main focal point. We give advice on scalps, hair, hair products like that. We are not open to the public. So by by us establishing our, our private entity, it's not like an LLC. You don't need permission from anybody. And that's the thing that a lot of Americans get wrong. They're always seeking permission to do what they want to do in life. No, no, this is a free country. And when you start asking permission from the state and from the counties, then you're just inviting them in to ruin your business and put their two cents in. As a PMA, I don't ask permission for anyone. I mean, I sent them a letter. Like when I first formed my PMA, I sent the governor a letter, lieutenant governor, attorney general, fire department, police department. They all got letters saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. If you object, come on by. Let's chat. Nobody came by except for the police. They stopped by to see what the hell we were doing. They were cool with it. And there's a couple of things you need to understand. There's statutory compliant verbiage that you can't have in your contracts. And what that means is statutory, statutory compliant means it's like what you have in your LLC. right? It's the, it's the words you use when we did our article formation. They don't allow anything to be public in our formation. So we have a membership agreement. When you enter our building, on the outside wall, this is by entering this building, you agree and consent to any terms of our membership agreement. So just by walking in the building alone, you consent to being a PMA member. Then we have a contract that you can read and sign. And by entering the building, I would be asking them to sign that contract. Now we have uh, the 14th Amendment binding us with an agreement that you agree to be here. We agree to have you as a member. We have wine, we have bourbon, we have beer. We have refreshments at our facility. Now, if I wanted to host a daddy-daughter day and teach dads how to do the daughter's hair, I can do that. In a regular public hair salon, the state board will fine you because those dads aren't licensed. So you mean to tell me I'm going to get a fine because I have a dad, I'm teaching him how to comb out his daughter's hair? If they truly wanted to fine me, they could. Not in my salon. We're, we're private. Those are members now. Okay. So um, just real quick, just to give people um, what I, when I did a little bit of research on this, 
Uh, I found that these PMAs are historically used mostly in dry counties. So like in, in counties across the country, there are there are counties where it's illegal to consume or possess alcohol. And there and there are restaurants and bars that serve alcohol. And the way they get around it is by forming a private member association. And then they you pay a membership and then you get to the question, I, and I have some questions about the actual transactions in a second, but there, I also found that like uh, a lot of alternative medicine, they'll use PMAs as well to because they have issues with the FDA and uh, and and yeah, so that's kind of what I know. And just to give the audience a little bit of context, now, okay, so sorry, I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'll add, I'll add to that too. So these dry counties, they. They have PMAs, which you could, you could drink in now. Did you know that the New Jersey State Bar for Lawyers, or every bar for lawyers, is also a PMA? Well, yeah, they're PMAs. I don't so, know why. I don't. That is, that's interesting. Wild, right? And also, you have like uh, NAACP, I believe, is a PMA. Then you have oh. that sick group called NAMBLA, the National Man Boy Love Association. I don't know that one. Understanding? Yeah, there's sick group of people who think that's okay to to be a pedophile. Though, unfortunately, they're also a PMA. Oh, interesting. But, but I don't know what they do, but they're disgusting. But PMAs, they protect you and your beliefs in the private domain. So you you could form a PMA for almost anything, anything you want. So it's kind of like, it could be like a social club, yes. right? Yeah. So if you think of like the Elks Club, right? They're a private yep. club. During the pandemic, they were, during ordinances of like drinking, if bars are closed by two o'clock or in the morning, they can stay open until 6 a.m. You know, there's certain things that, by by having a membership base, um, like by having a, a a membership organization, you can do your own thing, circumvent certain guidelines that the state or counties stipulate you to follow. It's kind of like if I understand it correct, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's kind of like if you invite people into your house, almost very much so. Yeah, yeah. But okay. we we all collaborate on it. So my stylists are also members of my PMA. So I don't have employees. I have members. And so in New Jersey state, the way our states, um, the way the laws are in our state, salons can't 1099 stylists. Right. Because they're okay. employers. They're employees. I don't have employees. So I could 1099 that. So, okay. So let's now let's talk about these, uh, this the transactional side of the relationship with your members. So, so you have the, the stylist are members, and then I guess the cus- people who get their hair done. Members, I have, and I have service receiving members. Okay. So, sorry, say that again because I was talking. I have service giving members and service receiving members. Okay. Members uh, that I allow, I, I deem responsible enough because they're, they are licensed. They have a training. You know, I don't, I don't care if you got licensed in Vegas or you got licensed in, in Florida, you got licensed, you know, in New Jersey, you're licensed. That's that's okay with me. I don't think you need to have to go to New Jersey to, to get to pay the the fees and go through the whole entire uh, education system again. I think you're okay. So you can work. Okay, so let's just say that. Um, well, first, still the overview. Okay, so if they're your your service providing members. Tell us a little bit about what that onboarding process is, how you would communicate uh, the relationship. I break, uh, I break down that we're, we are not a public hair salon. Nobody understands what that means. Um, and I'd love to know we are private, so I'm, you're going to join our PMA and you could start doing hair out of here. And so when I pay you, I'm not going to pay you with a regular W-2 like your previous salon has. You get 
you, you get a check and everything that you, you do in services, your commission wise, your, your, your membership wise, that you're going to get your membership dues that you receive for being a member here. That's what you are going to get in your check. And it's up to you to make sure you, if you want to follow taxes a certain way, you follow them the way you want. So they, they, they are cognitive of, you know, they have certain guidelines you need to follow based on where they live and what tax laws they want to follow. What I do ask all of them to do is form their own LLC. So every, first of all, every hairstyle should have an LLC because you can write off your scissors, your education, your everything you want. And not everything you want, but you, you get the idea. And so I pay their LLC. So the PMA pays their LLC. And they can join. Their LLC can be a member too. So they get paid like that, and then they, they have their layer of deduction. So that's how I do my transactions with them. Okay, so and you get a portion of the membership dues by being by being a service giving member. Okay, so um, is it kind of like uh, I I mean I the word equity is I know not the right word, but is it almost yeah. kind of like being like a partner, like a profit, like a profit share, almost like a, okay, all right. Yeah. You can say that a membership a PMA is allowed to pay for the lifestyle of its members. Interesting. Much, much, much like a church pays for the priest's house next door to the church. Totally. Yeah, my pastor uh, and his wife they they get paid by the church for administering you know ministering to the congregation. In our in our membership agreement in our articles of formation, we are also faith based too. So okay. We, technically, we could be a ministry as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, if there's ever another pandemic, you know, we can stay open. No, we don't have to shut down. Because we're so, Member, members understand the risk of entering our RPMA. And, what it's and like. did, did you work with like attorneys to draft all these paperwork or Obviously, how did you attorneys, do this? Attorneys have no idea about this. They're so convoluted with statutory compliant verbiage and contracts that deal with the state and, and, and contractual laws between counties and stuff like that. They don't understand it. Most of them. They, they will ruin your PMA membership agreement if you go to a lawyer for it because they include verbiage that brings you back into the public domain again. So I, I worked with, um, a, a, I don't know if he went to law school or not, but he was a he was a lawyer for the private, pretty much, let's say. And he dra helped me draft my my articles of formation. Okay. And so we worked with him on that one. And it was it was a mind-blowing experience, like really understanding, like, wow, we do have rights as Americans. And for the fact that people just give up their freedom so frivolously, and they just wait for someone to give them permission to do something, it's a free country, and I don't know where we lost our freedoms from. I don't know how that happened. And by you allowing the state to come and interfere with every single transaction activity that you do is mind-boggling. So uh, the articles of formation are they like uh, are 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 those for you to hold? And for me to hold. So you don't give them to anybody. No, I can show my members if they want to see them, and, and okay. in my membership agreement, I have. You know, I, have, I think I have it displayed on my website too, my membership agreement. Okay. You know, I make everyone a member. When you click my terms and conditions online, you become a member. Like okay. everyone's a member. I want to, I would love to have every salon become a PMA. That would be ideal. And then you don't have to worry about state board, like ever shutting you down or ever coming in and tell you you're going to get fined $5,000 because you don't have a lid in your trash can or you don't have cabinet doors on your towels. Yeah. What does that got to do with the safety of people? I don't have cabinet doors on my towels. It just keeps people employed by the city. Anyway, so um, all right. So, so as a as a as a service 
providing member, do I have any um, rights or perks in terms of uh, any sort of say in anything that goes on in the business at all? Uh, what does that look like? Yeah, if I want you to. Okay. I'm the, the owner of the PMA. So like, we have founding members. I'm a founding member. So okay, you can vote on things. The founding members truly vote. Like we have, we have meeting times. You have to meet every so often to make it legitimate and you vote on things. So if there's a change we have to make, the founding members will vote, but I can cast a vote to my members to see what they want to do. Okay. Hey guys, I'm thinking about adding an addition to the salon. What do you guys think? Yes, no. Do you want to add two more sinks? Yeah. I mean, just like any other business though, you, you should have your, your team involved in certain things. It's up to you if you want to take it or not. So totally. yeah, they say, you know, they have a say in a lot. That's, that's cool. Okay. So, so you, so, all right. Before I have a one question I want to ask, but um, before I ask that, I want to understand the person who's receiving the services. So they they how, tell me about that. Let's say I'm a new a new customer, a new person, a person who wants to get the hair done. I've never come to your space, but I heard about you through say social media or something. Oh, cool. Hey, Jen, thank you. welcome to the salon. Um, I, I'm not sure if you know or not, but we are we are a private hair salon. We're not public, so I'm going to need you to fill out this membership agreement or sign the membership form. Why is that? Well, Jen, I, uh, we have wine, bourbon, we have alcohol here. And just saying, you're not going to give it to a minor. We do want to follow certain state guidelines. If 21 is the drinking age in your state, we're not going to break that. I don't want to break any laws. But I do want to have do what I want to do on my own PMA. And she's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. And also, if you want to, we have private events here that you're entitled to to, to come to if you're a member. Like we do a daddy-daughter day. We do a Bordeaux and Blowouts event where we teach you how to style your hair. And all these events are open to members. So. Because we're not open to the public, I'm going to need you to sign the membership agreement. And she's like, oh, okay. Okay. So then I, I signed the agreement. I'm a member. You're a member. Now you get your hair done. Okay. I get my hair done. Where does the money, how does the money transaction work? Just like any other payment processor. So I, I, I go to the front desk and I, I check so out. Mem- your membership dues for the day is yeah. what your service is on. So you have, a, you have a daily due by using our facility. Okay, and those daily dues are based on whatever services I want to receive. Yeah, and then uh, and then next time I come in, I do I have to go through the process again, or I'm already registered yeah, you, as a once member? You're, once you're signed up, you're signed up. You could do like a monthly due. You could do a, a, a one dollar for life due. I include their, their membership is included with their with their due. Like they're when they pay at the end, I used to gift it to everybody. That's how I drafted my first contract. So I gift them the the PA membership. I put up the five bucks or dollar in the beginning, but now their dues are included. It's a daily due. So it's included with their, their service transactions. Got it. Okay. All right. So the question that I want to ask is I'm a stylist and I want to come in, come in and work and, uh, or I want to do hair and you've already kind of touched on a few of the, some of the stuff already. So you, the onboarding process is, I mean, I feel like you've already, you already mentioned, but I want to dig a little deeper into it. Typically, send them a bunch of different videos on PMA, so at least they can watch them and have an idea. <clears throat> okay. And I break it down to them. There's a couple guys. Um, Rebel Alliance is a guy out of uh, Connecticut. Got a great YouTube channel. Really good information. There's a few people out there that really break it down for you. But I break it down within a matter of five minutes for them. And usually, in the beginning, their dads would call me. <laughs> and then I would break it down for their fathers, too, because no one gets it. No one got it in the beginning. You know, and then their dads are like, so I can do this too? Yeah, you can do this too. You know, at first they're a little apprehensive because it sounds crazy because, you know, we're so brainwashed. They don't, they don't teach civics in school anymore. Nobody has an idea what your rights are with the Constitution. 
And once I start educating them, they're like, oh, I can do that? Yeah, you can do that. You know, and then everyone's open to it. I really have no objections to it. So I have some dads really sitting down with me. To, to, like I have a couple of fathers of, of my, my members that love to hear about it. And I'm helping them to do their own kind of PMA. So um, I got a question. The big thing, the first thing that pops in my head is uh, liability. What type of insurance uh, situation do, do you got going on? So you as a member assume more risk and liability by being a member. So how do I cover myself? From uh, say I something happens, I accidentally slip and I stab somebody or cut them, and uh, they want to sue me. How am I? How do I protect myself? You're the member who joined the membership agreement signs all risks and liabilities away. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you okay. can't you can't sue yourself in your own home, can you? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. So a member, so a member can't sue uh, the. No. The membership yeah. or the association. They could try. I mean, it's, it's probably, I do have insurance on here in case someone falls, slips, gets hurt. Like, we, I have, I do have insurance. Like, everything's covered. God forbid something happens, I am covered. You know, just, okay. it just makes that. I'm a big believer in insurance, life insurance, all that. We won't get to that conversation today, but I do have, I do have a policy on it. I'm a, I have probably eight insurance policies. I'm a huge believer in insurance. So I, that's kind of like the big thing that I'm thinking about. I'm like, got to work this through. And I have a friend who uh, his wife uh, sells insurance and I was telling telling them about this conversation. And he said, it sounds like an insurance nightmare. So um, no, it's but, really not because I don't need insurance. Okay. So do you, but you said you had insurance. Is your insurance uh, covering a private membership association or is it covering a salon or how is it structured? It's structured to cover a salon as a PMA, but okay, it's really covering any activities that happen within that location on that address. Right. So okay. At this location, this address, it's covering any incidents that could happen under there. Okay. All right. And um, and then let's. Uh, all right. So that was my first question, and then the second one is when I get when I get paid, it it comes as a check, and like, what is the memo says what membership dues uh, or it's no one's business but what it is okay so i get a check and the money comes in um and for and considering like uh, what you know about your members who provide services how do they typically structure their uh, income or state you know how do they deal with that on on at on typical typically like any other single owner llc would do it or sole proprietor so if I was a person, I had an eBay store and money was coming in from me selling stuff I found at a garage sale, how, how do you handle that? You know, you have your, your car, your gas, the things you deduct, your shipping. You deduct the same amount of stuff. So it's, it works in the same way. They're either an LLC and they have their level of deductions based on LLC or their sole proprietors based on their social and they make their deductions like that. Okay. So they and... Tax and they could deduct their scissors and driving and mileage and all that stuff. And uh, you also said that if someone is licensed in one state, then they're free to come to any of, I guess, uh, I'm assuming that they can go to Florida location or, Florida, you know. Florida's a legit PMA. Um, up here's a legit PMA. Like, they're all, they're pretty much all PMAs. So if I wanted to uh, work two days uh, or, like, one one week a month in floor, at your Florida association and I wanted to work the rest of the time in the New Jersey, I could I could do that? that my vision was this i could have really wanted to build something for our industry 
I wanted to bring in educators from all over the U.S., even all over the world. Have them fly to my location, teach a class here. Have them teach a two, three-day class. And if you have such a big online presence, why not stay here and do some hair? So if you fly in here, clients who follow you on Instagram and YouTube can never maybe afford to go to North Dakota if you're a North Dakota rock star stylist. I fly you in for a class. You can work out here for a week booking clients. So now someone from New Jersey who follows you and loves you can actually access you at our PMA with no hindrance from any state board. Nice. So it's kind of like a passport. Yeah. It's a, yeah. In my mind, and this is what bothers me the most about people. They're always asking for permission. Like you, I, I never saw any other creature on this planet ask permission to do something else that they wanted to do. I'm not saying live chaotically and, and, and anarchy. I'm just saying, if you want to cut hair, cut hair. It just, why are you going, why, why do I need to go to the state to have them come through, walk through my salon? Listen, if you, if you are, if you want to be a member of my salon, you come in here, like, let me just look around. Cool. Come on in. Take a look. Here's our sinks. Here's the towels. We're safe. Here's our portfolio of hair that we do. Like you saw my Instagram, you know, I know what I'm doing. Like, if you don't want to join, if you go ahead. There's a million public hair salons. I don't need you in here. That's fine. And so as far as, um, you know, just as we kind of uh, wrap this up, uh, what type of um, what type of pros and cons have you discovered for uh, with in work running this, uh, running this, your business this way? The only con, um, it's all pros, to be honest with you. There, there, there's really no con at all. The only con I have is dealing with, I would say, salon-centric. Because obviously they're a huge corporation and they cannot get out of their own way. You know, they love selling L'Oreal products in CVS and Walgreens. It's the same ingredients they sell in their salons for triple the price. And they don't like the fact that we're selling products or we're acquiring products to either sell online or in our salon because we don't have a license. And we don't need a license because we are private. And I, I, me and my distributor go out and my rep go at this all the time. I'm like, why don't you just get a license? Why do I need to succumb to you guys? To get a license, we can't sell them. Yes, you can sell them. I'm a private hair salon. Why do I need this New Jersey state to tell me that it's okay for me to do hair? And why do you need that? So that's the only drawback is that distributor. Outside of them, every distributor loves what we're doing. Every single one. So that's the only one. And probably if I talk to somebody in corporate, they wouldn't care. It's just the chain of command out here in Florida. I'm sorry, out here in New Jersey that I have to deal with. And then the other, yeah, there's no really negative. We do what we want. I'm literally free. I have the most free salon. I have friends who are waiting for the state board to inspect their salon so they can get a license so they can open up while they're still paying rent on that location. I never had to do that. And if there's ever another pandemic, it won't affect me. Speaking of which, you just touched on something. Uh, so what about when you're building your your space and you're building it out as a private member so a ship association are there any what type of um you know if i build my house i have to have an inspector come in and make sure it's safe did you have what type of stuff did you deal with when you were building out your to your space i'm gonna be the fifth on that one okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah we uh in all honesty somehow you know we had a beautiful space one day all the electric was done. I don't know how the state, the, the, the city money came in and ran the electric for me. I don't know. All I know is that there was a wonderful salon built in there. Nice. So I don't know if the city did that for me, but yeah. And they gave me a CO too. I applied What's for a CO? CO. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, there's never any, any permits that got pulled. So I don't know 
Wow, who, did, so... who did the work here, but it was done professionally with licensed electricians and it was amazing. And then magically a CL just appeared. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that, that, I feel like you need that, that, uh, you know, keep it, keeping it legit, you know, but, is... you, but to be honest, if you are going to build out and you are in a public strip mall, I would go the measures of getting, you know, get the proper permits, deal with the town. There's certain things you want to deal with because you want to make sure it's safe. Like you don't want to make sure that you have a fire happening in your salons right. and why everything got burnt down. You need to have professional people. You can't have your cousin, Frank, who doesn't know about electricity, pick up a dude from Home Depot and start running electric through your salon. Like do shit the right way. Right. And just like you want to have your best friend's daughter who's just started hair school doing keratins and Japanese straighteners and highlights in your salon either. Like make sure you're responsible with your PMA. It's your duty to be responsible. That's the, that's the responsibility you have as a PMA owner. Like don't give the state a reason to come in and bust your balls. Right. Be responsible. Like be a good responsible owner of your membership and protect your members. And that's what my members trust. They trust that I'm going to make sure they're protected. So it sounds like uh, in order to do this, having having like a, it sounds like you have a, a level of understanding of these processes that are, that are happening that, um, you know, I feel like most people don't have. And would you say that that's probably accurate? No, I feel that they just are lazy. Because you have Google and you could dig deep into any single article or, or information that you need to get and you could educate yourself well like now if, that you've done it though maybe yeah, hit, hit, uh hit me up like if you read the constitution and you really studied the constitution the laws what this country stands behind and what we're supposed to adhere to you, your minds will be blown it's getting trampled on the constitution left and right like you don't need to ask permission from the state for much so so so, so on that note <laughs> So if somebody is wants to know more information, they can just hit you up and you're open to having a conversation Instagram, with somebody? Instagram, I'm at Nick Mirabella. You can email me, nick at nickmirabella.com. I have a coaching business where I help people with their online stores, help them with their PMAs. I'll help you with everything from start to finish. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, awesome. I have a whole, whole section, a section of my business where I help coach people from discipline, from habits, self-development to business. All right. So we need should have added that in the intro coach as well. Um, all right. So as so now that we're uh, I, I mean, I feel like this is a pretty nice like uh, dot dive into into what you're doing, how you're running it. And um, oh, one last question. Sorry. I hope I'm not running over. Are you good one oh, time? You're good. You're good. Okay. Uh, so one last question. When it comes to money and expanding and getting access to capital, uh, what could you talk about what your experience has been like that since it is a uh, novel, uh, uh, unique setup? That is difficult. I am very savvy with how I acquire money from like – I use my online store a lot for that because I do so much volume in sales. I'm able to leverage those sales and borrow against those sales. Now, when it comes to like investors who take a look at my business, a lot of them are scared. You know, a lot of them don't understand what a PMA is, but in reality, they should be less scared because I don't get shut down. But my books are a little differently. I, I, there's a lot with the Constitution when it comes to taxes and things like that, that as a business owner and businessman, I'm going to have to start playing the game a little bit better with if I want to start acquiring, you know, capital and, and VCs to really take this business to the next level. I may or may not need them, but I have a good friend of mine, his account and I sat down and they were like, don't do it. He's still investing in my company. Because they just didn't understand it. They didn't understand that certain laws don't apply to me because I'm a private. 
And so that scares a lot of people when they come to invest money. So what I'm looking to do is if there's an alliance of PMA owners out there who understand what we do, that's who I'm going to work with. I, I don't need, like, when I, when I say I don't need anyone for anything, I don't need anyone for anything. I will figure it out myself. I figure out how to get a salon going during a pandemic. I figure out how to sell products online. If you're looking for someone to help you out with your business to fund it, you're not, you're not resourceful enough. If you need resources to get your business off the ground, you just need to be more resourceful. And that's it. And then what's, what's crazy is once you become more resourceful and you figure it out, that's what everyone wants to chip in and, and, and give you money. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been literally told multiple times, uh, as soon as you build it, do you do it first, and then I'll help you with the second yeah, one. No, too late. Because yeah. now, you, now your initial investment's half a million dollars, not 50000 Right. And, and the, yeah, exactly. Or, or the percentage. And you're getting 0.5%. Yeah. You know, yeah, the structure of the value of, is yeah. so much I have, an, I have an investor like that right now. Like the certain numbers, my numbers aren't the best. They're, they're you know, they are what they are. I'm like, dude, either you, you want to invest or you don't. I'm not sitting here going back three years for, for, for financial records. It's not going to happen. Right. I mean, you don't have to. I'm, I'm, I'm growing regardless without you. I'll get there faster and it will be a much more fun party on the yacht with you there. But if not, I'll FaceTime you. And you can be sitting in your in your living room. Well, I hope to see. Uh, I hope to see locations. So, like my 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 dream is sounds very similar to yours, which is amazing. Why I was like so excited to have this conversation. But like, I think that these locations should be all over the country, and hairdressers who are members can work all over the all over the country. And you know, maybe you could just have an app where like a hoteling software or something. You just pick which location, and you kind of like WeWork does, you know, except yeah, for. And that's why the coaching business is so important because I want to I want to really teach stylists. This business has been the biggest blessing of my life, and I kept leaving it and coming back and leaving it and coming back. And I've made I've made more than my friends who are doctors behind the chair, straight up, just doing hair. And for me to do that with no college education, I never stepped foot in college. I didn't even take an SAT. For me to just do that and have the ability to change my life through being a hairstylist. Guys, you're you're missing the boat right now. Like, put the work in. Like, you'll you get what you put into things. So, and now I want to coach them, help them build the self discipline, the habits, then help them in their business, and then build a team of people who, if they want to be private, be private. If they want to be public, be public. I don't care. But the PMA is the way to go. And then you could jump from state to state, and have the freedom that you you always want. You, you become hairstylist because you're you don't want to fall victim to corporate America, and you want to have those freedoms. And then you're stuck in the rut again, adhering to these state guidelines and, and the bullshit. It doesn't really matter. So now you're just, that's why you feel defeated. As a new salon owner, you're like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. State board saying this. You don't have to do that. Just go private. That's all. Very simple. So, uh, I mean, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Is there anything, any last piece of information yeah, that you'd like to share? So, so state board came into my, my, my prosperity location when I dissolved the LLC for them, dissolved their business permit. And moved it to the private domain. So I closed for 24 hours, closed for a full day, ended that business, which I bought from her and she sold it to me, became fully pub- fully private, no longer in the public domain. They came in for their yearly root- their, their routine yearly inspection, and they tried to find me tens of, well, almost $10,000 for operating in a licensed salon. And so I politely called them, spoke to them, asked them if they were familiar with the Constitution of the United States, if they were familiar with the New Jersey State Constitution, because your state also has a constitution too. They told me they were, which um, I let them know they were not familiar with the Constitution. 
And then I wrote them a letter saying, the Supreme Court has ruled in favor of PMAs in XYZ cases. Even in our state of New Jersey, the state ruled in favor of the PMA that you guys tried to, not the state of New Jersey tried to find. And if you continue to harass me and infringe on my constitutional rights, I will sue you and take you to court. I never got another inspector, never got another letter again. That was like three years ago. Nice. Yeah. So, nice. As long so as you've you, already I, had a brush with regulators. Yeah. Guys, you yeah. need to understand your rights. And when you speak articulately and intelligently and you know your rights, do not back down. They will try and scare you. They will try and throw fines at you. You just walk in the court knowing your shit and you will win because the law is the law and the Constitution is the Constitution. And that's why we have this country. We didn't fight a war with Britain for nothing. We didn't form the Constitution. We don't have these amazing 50 states for no reason. Like, make sure you know your state constitution, make sure you know your, your federal constitution, and make sure you protect it at all costs, and you will be completely fine in court. You might have to def defend yourself. How to Win in Court is a website. Study it. It's a great website. I believe it's How to Win in Court. Uh, just Google that, and you'll get a whole program on how to defend yourself. You don't need lawyers for anything. You don't need, you don't need, you could form your own contracts. Like, it's very, very simple. Don't be so scared. And that's nice. what I want to point out. Yeah. Well, uh, for people who want to just do hair without the worrying about the red tape, it sounds like this is definitely something that they should look into. Yeah. And uh, and I also like this concept of being able to kind of move freely throughout the country uh, without having to worry about state licensing regimes. Yeah. Uh, because the reality is the state licensing regimes are not that different, not different enough to warrant a new license. Um so anyway, I think I think this is a really interesting topic, and uh, I really hope I really look forward to continuing to talk to you in the future. I I mean I'm sure I'm gonna have more questions, so I'll probably be yeah, hitting you, you up if that's actually, cool. If you have your Instagram, I have my Instagram. We could probably pop on a live together, and we could okay a live one day. Yeah, you could probably do after we release this, guys. If you're watching this, give it like I don't know a couple weeks. We'll go on a live, and I'll answer your questions live on air. Awesome. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time and I'm sorry we ran over a little bit, but oh, for sure, man. thanks for giving me a platform to, to, to tell my story and speak and let people know what their, what their rights are. Absolutely. And I definitely don't think that this will be the last time we talk for sure. Definitely the live thing, but even I imagine that'll be even more from it, yeah. more than that. It'll be good. Awesome. All right, man. Take care. Thank you. you too.